0: Second reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 1 through 2. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. And then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Let us pray. In your word, O God, show us heaven. By your Spirit, show us truth. Through Christ the living word in whom we see your face, amen. So I, I hate to start off a sermon with an apology, but I have an apology. Uh, if you were here last week or you were watching last week, I think I promised uh, that I was going to give you some help uh, with happiness. If you remember, I had a sermon series and the last one was last week and it was about how maybe our happiness in life was being influenced and maybe held in check by a lot of the clutter uh, that we might have in our life, things that might be residing in our garage or you know, other spaces uh, that might be available to us. Uh, but as the week wore on and the Holy Spirit uh, began to work on me and, and all saints and all that, I, I changed direction. So I promise I'm preaching that sermon in three weeks, uh, the first Sunday of Advent. It kind of fit better into the, into the Advent Um, story anyway, and so I'll give you four things that you can do uh, to maybe help you with that. So I apologize, you got to wait three more weeks to find out uh, those uh, (laughs) brilliant ideas that I had. (laughs) Uh, So if you haven't figured it out by now, it is All Saints today, a day we do remember the saints uh, that went before us. Uh, Today, we will most certainly remember the saints of Mount Pleasant Presbyterian Church who have entered that church triumphant in the last year uh, by reciting their names and and praying for for them and their family. Uh, We celebrate what God has done in their lives and the redemption that they have finally achieved. Uh, but today is also, as Jim kind of expressed, a broader remembering of all the saints, of all the saints in our lives, people that we loved, mentors, uh, teachers, preachers, and the great saints of the church, uh, people who gave of themselves and in some cases gave their own lives to advance uh, the kingdom of God. That great cloud of witnesses we talk about uh, a lot is, is, is that who we're talking about. And we know of these saints of old through stories, stories told by our families and our friends and this biblical witness that we have. Um, I'm of that age that I remember going to the doctor when I w- or the dentist when I was a child, and there was one of those Bible picture books in every office, and you could flip through and see the stories of the Bible in pictures. So if you think about these stories of our faith that we've, been, that we've been told, those stories come to us from centuries ago when people stood around campfires and told uh, their family stories. They told these stories in their dwelling places. And then eventually they put them down on a papyrus scroll and they were read to groups that gathered together and worshiped God. And down the lines those stories came to us generation from generation. When we talk about our biblical story, uh, Presbyterian minister and Eugene Peterson, uh, Peterson was the translation of the Message Bible and wrote lots of other uh, really good books, one of my favorite uh, writers. This is what he said. And if you've gotten an email from me recently, you've got this in the tagline of, uh, of my email. Uh, story is the primary way in which the revelation of God is given to us. Story is the primary way in which the revelation of God is given to us. The Holy Spirit's literary genre, genre of choice is story. Now, as when I say story, it isn't a simple or naive form of speech that we will one day eventually kind of graduate from as we become more mature and knowledgeable and sophisticated. And well, we're going to leave this story to the children, and maybe the less educated. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this greater story that we're all involved in. From beginning to end, our scriptures are primarily written in the form of a story. The biblical story uh, certainly comprises other literary forms such as sermons and genealogies and prayers and letters and poems and proverbs but story is what carries it all together. It's the intricate and large, larger-than-life plot that we see through story. Moses told stories, Jesus told stories, the four gospel writers present their good news of the gospel in stories, Paul told stories, and other people told stories about Paul. And the Holy Spirit weaves that storytelling all into this vast and holy design that reveals God to us as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in the way that God chooses, the way God chooses to make God's self known through a story. So what you've heard today, what my reading today from, uh, from the gospel is part of God's story, a story that was written with the blessed lives of God's creation. This reading uh, that I I read to you today, biblical scholars call the Beatitudes, and it gives us a description of a storied life of the saints, how to be a godly person. But what we read and hear and what our minds tell us is going on in our own story in the world that we live in are in conflict well, they maybe stand in opposition to each other. In the world we live in, there is no place for, for a story about the meek, the merciful, the peacemakers. The story we live in day in and day out is a story that celebrates and worships the strong, the merciless, and the warriors. The Beatitudes seem to be an impossible story for us to live Part of the problem may be is this story is familiar to us. It's it's a lofty story. Uh, Most of us have heard these words uh, most of our lives. Like other parts of our faith, we tend to kind of just rush through them as unattainable, lofty words that don't have much relevance to us or the world that we live in. But maybe let's take a closer look. First, I want to talk to you about compassion, a word from the ancient Greek that means a feeling that's actually in your gut. I mean, that compassion, the root word of that in Greek is your gut, your stomach. That you have this feeling deep down inside and it wells up in you so strongly that it forces you to take action. Compassion. The story says that there was a large crowd following Jesus. These people had left their homes, their workplaces to follow him. Now, these are not people with a lot of idle time on their hands. This is not some traveling show that people have taken their PTO for to get off and go watch this traveling preacher. By following Jesus, they've left their daily existence, collecting food, collecting water, collecting food to build a fire, and looking after their extended family. They must have been in a desperate situation to leave all that behind. Leaving everything they had to follow Jesus who heals the sick and gives sight to the blind. Jesus looks out over this desperate crowd and He is filled with compassion for them. So He takes His disciples and teaches them about the life He expects from them. And the life he expects them to teach us. To help alleviate that desperation that he sees. So this is what he taught them. Blessed are the poor in spirit. To be poor in spirit is not really a bad thing. It's the ability to recognize that by ourselves, our spirit tank, just like our gas tank, can run low from time to time. But only by recognizing our need for God in our life can we allow the Spirit to fill our tank back up. And when we recognize that and allow God's Spirit to live in us, the reward is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn. To mourn means to have a broken heart. If we allow our hearts to break then that means two things. One, that we actually have a heart. And the second thing is that we have given that heart to someone else. And only in the arms of Christ is our broken heart truly ever mended. Our reward is eternal comfort. Blessed are the meek. To be meek is to be humble, quiet, When we're humble and quiet, when we're ready to be humble, we are much better listeners. We are teachable and accepting of God's ways and not the ways of the world. Our reward is to inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. We hunger and thirst for what God has to give, and we want it all. We want it to the fullest. Not what the world gives, but what God can give. Our reward is we will be filled with God's life-giving spirit. Blessed are the merciful. To be merciful, we have to have a forgiving spirit. We don't look for ways to manipulate others or to, to our advantage or look for that gotcha moment to people around us to prove our lordship over them. We are forgiving of other shortcomings. Our reward is to be forgiving, to be forgiven and receive mercy from our heavenly Father. Blessed are the pure in heart. Our pure hearts, our clean hearts, are when our hearts are unencumbered, not tied down by earthly desires or a personal agenda. When our heart is free, we will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. A peacemaker tears down walls and doesn't build them. A peacemaker is willing to give of self to bring people together in Christian love. Not an appeaser, but a peace that is based on God's will. The reward is to be children of God. And finally, blessed are the persecuted. We only get persecuted usually when we take a stand on something against the popular opinion. When we stand up for the gospel, that is the, most, the moment that persecution will begin. Being persecuted may be the only indicator that we have that what we're doing is right and just in God's eyes. When the resistance heats up, then you know, and then it's time to push and get stronger. That's your signal to double down in your faith, your faith in God. When we stand up and face persecution, our reward is great in heaven. Now just take a moment and think about those saints that came before us. The saints that we discussed at the beginning Do the Beatitudes describe their the way they live their life? Maybe, maybe. But none of us is perfect. None of them were perfect. They were broken, sinful people, just like you and me. But I will venture a guess that maybe they were a little closer to that beatitude way of living than maybe we first thought. My good friend uh, and pastor friend, uh, the Reverend Dr. Will Jones uh, at Germantown Presbyterian Church in Germantown, Tennessee, uh, recently said this about what it meant to be a saint of the church. When we call them saints, we're saying something about God first and people second. They are saints not because they have been super faithful, better Christians, and more devoted than others, their own actions have not made them saints. They are saints because God gave them grace and redeemed them from their sin. In response to God's grace, they chose to live and followers of Christ, embarking on a lifelong journey to grow more and more in the ways and the life of Christ. God's grace turned them into saints, just as grace does for each of us. So my question for us today Are the Beatitudes a part of our personal story? A response to grace that God has already given? Are we filling our lives and the lives of others around us with compassionate teachings? With the compassionate teachings of Christ? If we're not, or maybe we feel we're falling a bit short, I have an answer. I have the perfect remedy And it's the same remedy that all the saints have followed. It's right here in front of our eyes. It is within our physical reach. Our story has led us to this particular place and at this particular time to experience the story of Jesus. Not just with our ears or our eyes or our mind, but with our hands and with our senses of smell and taste. So my friends, come and touch and taste. Experience the risen Christ. Take and eat the body and the blood of Christ. For you are part of the story of the saints that is being told this very day. Take and eat. This is my body given to you. It is truly the greatest story that has ever been told. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.